0: Well, folks, come on, it's Gerry Adams, and in this podcast, I want to deal with a number of issues. First of all, I want to welcome, after 103 days, a remarkable number of days, I want to welcome the end of the hunger strike by Palestinian prisoner, Maher al Akras. Maher ended his strike after commitments by the Israeli authorities that his detention would not be extended again, and that he would not be subject to administrative detention again. It's a testimony to his courage and fortitude and determination to highlight a grave injustice by the Israeli authorities that he lasted and survived such a long period on hunger strike. There's a very close affinity between the people of Ireland and the people of Palestine. We both have a long history of being colonised. We both have a been victims of occupation, of state violence, discrimination and forced emigration. And the experience of struggle has also been similar. Last week, throughout the world and here in Ireland, we remembered the deaths on hunger strike one hundred years ago of Terence McSweeney, Michael Fitzgerald, and Joseph Murphy. And it's therefore relevant in terms of our own memory and in particular that of the 1980 and 1981 hunger strikes, when 10 Republican prisoners died, that we express solidarity with this Palestinian internee. Mahar was arrested on July 27th, and he protested his detention. He's a father of six children. He's a dairy farmer from a village in the occupied West Bank. He's not been charged with any alleged offence, like thousands of Palestinians over recent years, he's a victim of administrative detention, which is effectively internment without charge, internment without trial. That's a practice used by the British state and the old Unionist Stormont regime in every decade since the creation of this state, on the 1970s, when it was used for five years. A person arrested under administrative detention is held without a trial he or she does not get accused of having committed an offence. There's no time limit on the length of times they can be imprisoned for, and in some cases this has lasted for years. Currently, according to the Israeli Information Centre for Human Rights, in the occupied territories, 355 Palestinians are held under administrative detention. Two of them are minors. In the last 20 years, The Israeli government has enforced over 30,000 administrative detention orders. And the UN Committee Against Torture has called on the government to take the measures necessary to end the practice of administrative detention and ensure that all persons who are currently held in administrative detention are afforded all basic legal safeguards. The Israeli government rejected this. In 2017, the US Special Rapporteur expressed his concerns. He said, Israel's use of administrative detention is not in compliance with the extremely limited circumstances in which it's allowed under international humanitarian law. And once again, this request was rejected. In the last two decades, 120,000 people have been arrested and imprisoned by the Israeli government, 18,000 of these children. Gaza is home to two million people and it's the largest open-air prison in the world. When I visited there in 2009 I was appalled by the conditions under which citizens were being forced to live because of the siege. The situation have got worse if that is possible. The people of Palestine existing in Gaza in the Strip and in the city and in the occupied West Bank, they're living lives dictated by an apartheid state that steals their land under water and destroys their homes. In June, the Irish Government won a seat on the UN Security Council for 2021 22, and the Government campaigned on the themes of partnership, empathy, and independence. So, if it's to be true to these themes, then the Irish Government must demand that the Israeli government end the use of administrative detention. It should also move now to fulfill motions passed in the Oireachtas some years ago and recognize the state of Palestine. I would also urge listeners to write to Maher, who's been held in the Kaplan Medical Center, or to email the Israeli Public Relations Department. I'll post these details, these addresses on my Largas site. I also want to to remember uh, a friend, Pat McGivern, and you know, every week that goes past, when you get a certain age, some of your friends and comrades die, and Pat McGivern was uh, a wonderful Belfast woman, a lifelong Republican, and she was known especially, as opposed to many people, for working alongside Marguerite Gallagher in the Green Cross bookstore on fifty five Falls Road. And she she did that despite battling with cancer and being treated for cancer over many years. And in that time I never heard her complaining once. She was a stalwart for the Republican struggle in the Falls area, in the Clonard area. And when she lived in Sebastopol Street, which is the corner of the Sinn Fein Center on the Falls Road, and later in Devonish close our home was open day and night to weary Republican activists. She had a generous heart. She fed and watered many of us in her time. And she worked especially hard in support of the prisoners. For the Green Cross, in around the doors, during all the prison protests, through the campaign for political status against strip searching in our Ma women's prison, she campaigned across this island. She stood up to British Army riot squads and to IUC stormtroopers. And she was a very active and energetic member of our common in the Falls. And she worked in every election campaign from the 1980s until the last one. She also minded our friend, another departed friend and comrade, Polly McManus, up the her his death. And there was no task too great or no task too daunting for Pat. I suppose in many ways she embodied the spirit of Bobby Sands when he said, everyone, Republican or otherwise, has their own part to play. No part is too great or too small. No one is too old or too young to do something. So I'm proud and I'm honoured to say that Pat was my friend. guru a. Hanum August Pavolion a Janulec a a Garfeisti, Les Gar Garfeisti, August a Cardja uh, go to meet a market and to finish on a more, I suppose, optimistic note go guard just to Brandon or He's a renowned traditional musician. Brandon is, and my granny was a Bagley, so I've always. Felt that kinship with anybody from the Bagley clan or the O'Biglock clan. He's a gore. He's a standard upper for people in Gilleag talk areas, and he's just won a landmark appeal against Kerry County Council. He had been refused permission to build a home on his own land and body in the puck in the west Kerry Gilleag and his fight against this went on for fifteen years. He was actually facing a threat of imprisonment because he had moved uh, an unauthorized, as the council put it, trailer house onto his land, and he was ordered to uh, move it, and he refused to do so. So he welcomed the decision band board toward Allah, which overturns the council's ruling. He said it was a weight of his heart. He said, I finally have legal status on my own land. This fight has been about the rights of the younger generation to live in our own townlands. This is only the beginning. Planning laws must be changed if rural communities are to survive. Without people on the land, you won't have the language, you won't have the music, you will lose the essence of what Ireland is. And as part of his campaign, Brendan erected 235 white crosses to mark the impact of depopulation on his home place. That signifies two hundred and thirty-five, and I'm sure there are mostly young people who were forced forced to leave their own townlands. So his victory is a victory for them, it's a victory for all of us. And it's proof again that one person with tenacity and persistence and with a bit of get up and go can make a difference. So my who a Brandon. I was sorry my ladsa a race lacoon River Wild. Slánig hardja. Slánig go jo.